And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 113 today. Uh, We're going to be doing our Ancient Greece Part 4, Megalithic Structures and Temples. Um, I'm really excited about this episode. I put a decent amount of work into the research and putting the slideshow together. Um, If you're listening on an audio podcast, uh, just know that we make these slideshows for some of these episodes on our YouTube channel. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell notification. Um, And uh, you can check us out at... uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice for $2 a month. You will get exclusive content and videos. Uh, check us out at our website, Mike and Maurice mind escape.com. And as you can see there, those are the links to our social media uh, accounts. And uh, as I mentioned, if you're listening on the uh, audio platforms, please subscribe and leave us a nice review. And uh, yeah, let's do this. Get crazy. All right. So I actually learned a lot. Um, I knew a decent amount, but I learned a lot from doing all the research and putting the slideshow together. So as we do for all of our Greek episodes, let's go over some terminology before we get started because there might be some people that don't know some of these things. Um, Acropolis uh, is a site, city, or settlement built on top of an elevated uh, or on top of elevated ground. Um, so some people think of Acropolis as the Acropolis of Athens, but their Acropolis can be, um, a, again, just some sort of settlement on top of a, a elevated, whether it's a mountain or a hill, something along those lines. Um, the uh, Cyclopean uh, masonry is a pre-classical style of Greek masonry that utilized irregular massive blocks. Uh, so we'll get to some pictures and uh some sites that have some of those implemented. Um, the Doric, Ionic, and Corinthian styles are orders of classical Greek architecture. Um, when you look at Greek pillars, um, those are the different styles of those from the, the, the days of you know the buildings of Pericles and, um, and some of those other ones. Uh, Mycenaean is a period of ancient Greece that was the last phase of its Bronze Age, and it spanned from 1600 to 1100 B.C., a nice little tidbit. All right. So the first site that I want to talk about, and these are somewhat chronological order, so I want to start with pre-classical um, in, in some of the megalithic structures, and then we'll work our way into um, some of the classical uh, temples and stuff like that. So Delos is an island um, in Greece, and it's a UNESCO, uh, UNESCO heritage site for its cultural importance. Uh, it is a sacred site in regards to archaeology and mythology. Um, there are stone huts there on the island that suggest that it has been inhabited since the 3rd millennium B.C. Um, and that'll be a common theme, too, you'll see when we start talking about the temples, especially um, where a lot of these ancient Greek sites are built on previous either uh, temples or open-air altar-type scenarios or just sacred sites in general. Um, Thucydides said that the original inhabitants of Delos uh, were carrion pirates from the Anatolia region of Turkey, and King Minos is said to have expelled all of them to the island of Crete. Uh, It is the birthplace of the twin gods Apollo and Artemis. 
as you know, those are two of the uh, um, bigger Greek gods, if you will. Uh, Apollo, definitely mm-hmm. one of them. I, I think people put Zeus at the top, but Apollo's right up there, uh, sun god. Um, also, we'll, we'll get to the mythology, too. Um, this, As I mentioned, I think we talked about we're going to do the megalithic structures and temples, which we're doing now. And then episode number five, we're going to do, or part five, we're going to do the Eleusinian Mysteries, part six, uh, Greek mythology. And um, I think we're going to go from there. We might do a couple more depending on uh, what else there's left to do. But uh, so that's uh, Delos. And then there's some landmarks on Delos that uh, the Minoan Fountain, uh, the Terrace of the Lions, the Temple of uh, the Delians, the Sacred Lake, which is now dried out. I think it was purposely dried out because there was bacteria issues. As you know, if you get stale pond or lake of water and there's no flow, yeah. it uh, can get dangerous for some people. Uh, the Oikos of oh, the, the Naxian. stuff's all protected, I take it, right? Oh, yeah, this, this is UNESCO, which UNESCO is um, a World Heritage Site where it's protected so like gobekli tepe or the great pyramids of Gie, the great pyramid of giza like all those are protected um sites um and it, it has to have either have some cultural or archaeological some some sort of importance is, is what usually it has to have um the oikos of the naxians the doric temple of isis uh the temple of hera the house of the dolphins or the house of dolphins the house of dionysus and the Delios Synagogue, which is actually the oldest um, known synagogue in the world, which is kind of interesting. Okay. There's another picture of the of a cliffside in Delos, as you can see. Um, there's all the... Yeah, uh, looks awesome. Uh, arch- some of the archaeological sites on the island right there. Um, and again, for people listening, I apologize. Um, this is not just audio. We're, we're going through a slideshow as well, so... Check us out on YouTube if you have not already. Okay, so this is one of, there's a few of the Greek pyramids. Uh, At one point, there's said to have been 16 Greek pyramids, I believe, but this is the one that most people talk about, uh, and it's been in the news in the last few years as well. It's the Pyramid of Hellenicon, um, and uh, there's... A little bit of controversy surrounding the dating of the structure. So mainstream archaeologists suggest that it was built sometime around the 4th or the 5th century BC as a tomb for the soldiers who fought for the throne of Argos. There, if you look at the scientific end of things though, um, in terms of dating techniques and stuff like that, uh, there's dating that the thermoluminescence uh, dating of the surface of some of the megalithic stones of the structure suggests a date of 2000 to 2500 BC, which is kind of interesting. This would date it to roughly the same time as the construction of the Great Pyramid of Giza. So um, those are some serious implica- implications. And we know um, the ancient Greeks, when we've talked about like the pre Socratic Greeks and um, some of the, you know, the one. We, some of the other episodes we've done in Greece, um, there is a connection between ancient Greece and uh, ancient Egypt, and not just via the story of Atlantis and stuff like that, but a lot of the ancient Greek philosophers and um, important people would go to to Egypt and learn and and study there, and whether it was 
geometry or building techniques or just ancient knowledge in general, um, a lot of them went there. Yeah, you can definitely see a connection with the architecture. Yeah. So, and again, you'll we'll, we'll get into some of the building techniques. You'll see a gradual progression of um, where people started on ancient Greece and the way that they were building things and then progressively get more refined. And this is only happening, um, you know, some some of the progressions only over a few hundred years. So, uh, okay, so back to Hellenicon. Uh, yeah, the thermoluminescence dating 2000 to 2500 BC. Um, and then the ceramic shards that they dated ranged from 3000 BC to 200 BC, which is actually a p- pretty big range. Um, mainstream archaeologists say it's more along the 200 BC. Uh, as I mentioned, some think it was probably the 4th or the 5th century BC is when it was dated. Um, the entrance uh, of the corridor of the pyramid aligns with Orion's belt from when that was going on between 2000 and 2500 BC. So as we know, through the procession of the equinox, all the constellations are not always in the same place. It moves uh, one degree every 72 years. Um, With that wobble. Yeah, the wobble. Uh, A new method for dating the stone was applied recently and suggested a date between the 4th and the uh, 3rd millennia BC, but this was discredited by archaeologists, and uh, that's no surprise. Yeah, it'll keep changing, I'm sure. Um, All right. So, and here's another picture. This is kind of what the outside of the structure looks like it's not a huge pyramid i don't know the exact dimensions i i I had it written down i forgot i think it's like 20 by 30 or something along those lines it's not that big um but they do believe it's a tomb for soldiers that's what the mainstream thought is there's other people that have different ideas um i'm sure they they stretch a vast uh, idea and there's other tombs too that will show that have that aren't pyramids but you could see maybe where that is what it could be or the idea of it um so there's that picture and then this is a picture from the inside of it um supposedly there was a bunch of rubble i think what happened was the top part of it collapsed inward and then i think in the early 1900s or maybe it was the late 1800s i forget um one of somebody that was excavating the site removed a lot of the rubble that was there um and then the the argument of why the dating could come back is coming back showing that an older date um some have said that maybe these blocks were reused meaning that they were older from more of like the neolithic period that were maybe repurposed or reused and that's why they're getting what they're getting i don't i, again, uh-huh. I, I don't know enough about the dating process to uh to argue back and forth about that um So now we'll get to, this is called the, uh, hold on here, I just want to make sure something. I just wanted to point out, too, that uh, the pyramid at Hellenicon um, is, again, one of a few that are left remaining, and that there was 16 pyramids, supposedly, at one point in Greece. A lot of them were destroyed, whether it be the, um, you know, the uh, Christians that came in and, thought everybody was pagans and maybe tore down temples or repurposed things stuff like that so so what are these accounts is it that, like how do they know that they existed just because people wrote about them yeah or? people wrote about them but 
there, there's some things that people you know wrote about that are it's one of those things where some of the information is ambiguous. So even when you look mm-hmm. at when we were talking about a lot of the, like on the philosophy episode, you don't know the exact relation between people because even though things were written down, there's so much to be left up to the imagination of what was actually happening. So, all right. So now we'll get to the, uh, the dragon house at Mount Uchi or Ochi. Maybe it's Oshi. I don't know. Uh, this is kind of an anomaly. There is no dating, suggested dating information or speculation on the builders. Um, there's no reference by ancient texts or historians. And, uh, from 2002 to 2004, the astrophysics department at the university of Athens made connections to, uh, the Sirius star system dating back to 1100 BC. Um, there is no real information on this i wanted to show this though because i look how interesting that looks now that's a structure baby and it looks like something where uh luke sky looks asian i was gonna say it looks like luke skywalker was training there and uh yeah uh what was that in one little not the last movie but the movie before that he was on that island where they had those like stone hut things that's kind of what this reminded me of and there's a few of them um, again, there's no real information, but I wanted to show it cause I thought it's interesting. It could go back really far too. It could go back to maybe the Neolithic era. Um, uh, but uh, I don't know why there hasn't really been any serious, uh, work done to figure out what's going on there, but who knows? There okay. might be some underlying motives. You just never know. Yeah. So there's... Uh, we're moving on here. We're going to get to more now of the actual settlements and civilization, early civilization from the late Neolithic uh, era, which would be the Mycenaean sites of uh, Mycenae um, and uh, Tyrans. The uh, Mycenaean period of ancient Greece was the last phase of its Bronze Age, um, and it spanned from 1600 to 1100 B.C., uh, Mycenae was a, a major fixture of ancient uh, Greek civilization, and uh, it was the first advanced civilization of Greece's mainland. Um, in roughly 1350 BC, the citadel at Mycenae uh, had an estimated population of 30,000 people. So that's a lot of people. Um, now, I don't know how that would compare to, let's say, what was going on in ancient Egypt during it's heyday or something like that. But, um, when you start talking about like islands in the Mediterranean stuff, and, um, even though this was mainland, that's still a lot of people, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, Mycenae is an ancient, uh, Acropolis site. Again, Acropolis isn't just what's found in Athens. It's just a settlement that's built on top of an elevated, uh, again, whether it's a mountain or a hill, something along those lines. Um, mm-hmm. and the Mycenae Acropolis, um, is at 900 feet above sea level. Uh, there are traces of Neolithic activity at Mycenae. Um, so there was probably some precursors to the civilization there, as well as some other sites found around Greece um, that could go back, you know, 5,000 BC. Um, in the Greek mythology, uh, Mycenae, uh, Mycenae was found by, or was founded by Perseus. So, um, 
again, Perseus is, if you've ever seen, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, that movie, um, I'm drawing a blank here, but, uh, something of the gods. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, and then Tyrin's golden years were from 1200 to 1400 BC. Uh, Tyrin's has the, uh, Cyclopean tunnels and the masonry and Henrik Schliemann, who is famous for discovering the actual site of Troy, which most people thought was, um, mythical or maybe not a real place. Uh, he excavated this site as well as, as well as some other sites found in the area. Um, ancient traditions, uh, say Cyclops built the walls. Uh, and mm-hmm. since he was a giant, he's the only one that could lift the stones. So you hear that people suggesting the same thing with like the, uh, Egyptian pyramids, Egyptian pyramids and what people call the Nephilim and, or ancient races of giants, that kind of stuff. Um, I would put it more in the mythology category. Um, cause even if you found bones, let's say you found bones of an eight foot tall, nine foot tall person. I mean, we've got Yao Ming, we've got Shaq, you know, we've got, right tall people it's it's not out of the realm of possibility however are they a race of giants or a specific or are they different than normal you know well they, well, they found sapiens? a lot yeah, of bones in those mounds right oh yeah the uh, american burial mounds again but these could just be you need a race of them yeah you need a I, lot I, of i don't people. know i'm not saying that that's not the case maybe they're what you know like the denisovans or um Denisovans, however you want to pronounce it, or Neanderthals, or whatever. Obviously, there's been different. We've come in many different forms before we became Homo sapiens. So, who knows? But I would suggest that that's probably what the case is. All right, moving along. Here's a, a, a Megaron foundation at Mycenae. This was just a, a type. This is like the floor plan of what the te- uh, the uh, building structure of the temple looked like. Um, a lot of the ones we'll show are ruins or just foundations. It's very tough for something like that to live or for to um, uh, be still in full uh, erect. Yeah, fully erect in all of its glory at this day and age, you know, especially in Greece, I think, because you've got, it's windy there, yeah, it's on the ocean, or you got erosion, you've got all sorts of things happening, so I think that... Humans. That, yeah, so as where ancient Egypt, they might have wind erosion with sand, in Greece you've got salt and water and wind erosion, a lot of things happening at once, so... Yeah, that salt's a real destroyer. So this is the Grave Circle A. Um, I think this was excavated by Schliemann, um, and it's a 16th century B.C. royal grave site. So the, at first glance, it kind of looks like something you might see at Gobekli Tepe, right? That uh, circular formation, some of the stone, um, uh, the megalithic blocks there you can see standing up. They don't have the T-pillar or anything, but just the way that it's, the walls and then the interior walls, they kind of have kind of similar kind of a feel to it. Um, let's go to the next one. So this is one of the most famous ones. This is called the Lion Gate. And as you can see, the reason why it's called that is there's a large megalithic stone sculpture of two lions um, in a pillar in between them. 
this is found at the entrance uh, of the citadel at uh, Mycenae. And uh, it was built in uh, 1250 BC. Uh, the only existing monumental uh, Mycenaean sculpture that, that's been left over, not destroyed or whatever. Um, and it shows megalithic uh, cyclopean masonry, as you can see. Um, those megalithic blocks surrounding it are pretty big and um, they're not there. It's, this is actually a better example than some of the other cyclopean masonry will show because um, some of the other ones look more roughly put together with little to no um, uh, mortar or anything like that. So you know what kind of stone that is? I, I think it's limestone. I'm not 100% sure, but I think uh, it's man, limestone. That would make sense. Um, and when we get to a lot of the Greek temples, a lot of that's, you know, white marble and stuff like that. So granite. Like the good stuff. Uh, the lion sculpture resembles imagery found at uh, Gnosis, uh, which would be, uh, Gnosis is a uh, Minoan um, uh, civilization. And there's a connection between the, the, there's a lot of connections between Greece and the Minoan civilization because obviously it's so close in, in terms of um, the time frame, but also geography. And, it, you know, we'll get to some of that too. So this is the tomb of what some have suggested was Agamemnon's wife, um, tomb of uh Clytemnestra, I think is how you pronounce it. Clytemnestra, something like You're that. You're asking the wrong cat. <laughs> uh, it is a Tholos or Tholos style tomb, and it was built in 1250 BC, again, for King Agamemnon's, uh, Agamemnon's wife. Um, some have even suggested that this was King Ag Agamemnon, <laughs> I can't pronounce Agamemnon's. Uh, actual tomb for himself. Um, others have suggested that it's something else, but um, well, did they find anything in there? Uh, not that I know of. I think it was empty, based on what I've seen. And I'll show you. Here's an interior picture. We seem to be following a, a similar trait with a lot of these structures. Is the first thing we think of is it's a tomb, right? Which they may be, but and this is would be considered like a beehive tomb or a beehive style tomb as you can see it's like a, um, a cone shape mm -hmm. the rock looks a lot more uh, a lot more meticulously cut yeah and the inside the looks burned too yeah you see all that like uh, I don't even know if that's like uh, ash or if that's some sort well, of that could be some kind of moss or something it could be could be black mold for all we know. I mean, well, don't go in there. <laughs> uh, it's probably soot, though. I mean, if they're or soot, if they're if they were burning stuff in there, I could see that. Maybe I don't know, but for uh, sure. Uh, okay, so the t Cyclopean tunnels at Tyrans, as you can see, those are actually two different tunnels that I smashed that picture together. Um, basically, you have people listening the cyclopean masonry are these like it's kind of like these crude cut stones that fit together but it's not perfect and there's 
you know, there maybe some light or air can get in between them. It's it's not these perfectly placed blocks as you would see. Yeah, maybe, it's not fully sealed. Maybe in Egypt or parts of South America, stuff like that. So, I think there's a crude beauty to them. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is, and you could definitely see why people thought that Cyclops built the the walls or <laughs> that type of <laughs> that type of masonry, um, because. Again, if just by looking at it, it looks a little bit more crude and like maybe some sort of large barbarian or giant threw it together. Um, yeah, when you see like the smoother stones, you think of higher intelligence, things like that. Right. Uh, here is an, another example of Cyclopean masonry at Tyrens. This is a wall, and if you can get a good look at, see, there's a lot of like grass and moss and and dirt um, in between the stones. Um, but again, it's very crude and not very refined. And it's interesting to see the evolution once we get to the temples of how they started here and worked their way to some of these masterpieces that are still standing to this day. Yeah. Well, this stuff could crumble a lot easier when one of those little stones falls out and the other one moves. And right. then... Well, I think those look pretty sturdy, that one specifically. But yeah, I could see your point. There's probably other structures that have fallen apart because of that. All right, moving along. Uh, this is the tunnel at Upalinos, uh, uh, or Upalinos, Upalinos. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, and it's an aqueduct. Um, it was built for the purpose of being an aqueduct, but I don't know. I couldn't find that much information on it um, in terms of if it was actually utilized, and if so, how long was it utilized. Um, but it's 34,000 uh, feet long, or 3,400 feet long, um, and it was built in the 6th century B.C. to be used, again, as an aqueduct. So um, mm. and this is found on Samos. Moving along even more. Okay, so now, okay, so we, we were just in, like, the megalithic, neolithic, what was the precursor to what most people think of as classical Greek or ancient Greek civilization. Now we get to some of the actual architecture and the building planning and some of these ancient temples. So here you have an example of Doric, um, uh, the Doric order, which if you look at the top of the, do you see the pillar there? Yeah. You see how the top of how it starts to widen out to, as it meets the, the, um, the uh, rectangular cross beam uh -huh. there. So that is considered Doric. It's, it's very basic. And you can tell Doric because it's just a plain, it's just that plain um, uh, style. Um, and then I'll show you as it progresses here. So that's Doric. Now you go Ionic. So Ionic is what some people, I think this is what most people identify with Greece is that it almost looks like a scroll uh, that's been, sprawled out a little bit set on top of a pillar as you can see those um i think it's the capital there is what it's called with the the scrolly looking thing to people that are listening i'm trying to ex explain it i'm not the best at explaining this but um and yeah that, it's that classic grease look yeah and then you see at the bottom too what the base looks like as where again it's adding a little bit more of a artistic element to the pillar um 
is in and those little curly things are are purely artistic they don't like add to the right stability of the of the beam at all i mean i don't know that to be, i'm not an architect i don't know that to be 100 percent certain but yes i would pro- i would agree that this is more about the style of it than it is the actual functionality all right and then we get to here oh here's a just i wanted to point out that the ionic show that there's the top it'll, the top the capital there and then the base of it um and yeah so that's ionic and then we get to corinthian corinthian's the more ornamental um you know little like like peel off kind of a thing or scraped back or these little like curly q things coming off of it it's just very ornamental um as opposed to um the other capitals which again the last one was more of like a swirly kind of a scrolly looking one and then the first one was very basic so that was the progression and these these are the three that you'll find um these three orders throughout ancient greece and then it even continued on into roman um the roman empire where they had their two versions of that i think there were the tuscan orders which i think I forget the. I know the one's called the composite. I forget what the other one's called, but um, again, that's Roman. So we'll get to that if we do the Roman stuff. Was was this a progression in time? Like the Corinthian was later. Yes, the Doric was the most basic. Sorry, good good question because I forgot to mention that the Doric was the earliest. Which um, that makes sense. And then you see the progression into the Ionic, and then from the Ionic into the Corinthian, and then later. Later on, you would see all three styles in certain temples, whether it was by choice or maybe it was originally a Doric temple that they converted and added some Ionic and Corinthian elements. So, well, you could take a like any kind of art. You take uh, you take tips from the past and then mold them into your new view. Right. Again, here's another diagram showing the differences between the different styles and the pillars and the capitals. Um, and I'll leave this up here for a second so people that are watching can get a good look at it. Um, again, this is a slideshow. What I might do in the future, um, and I'm, there's, it's not imminent, but maybe in the future I'll upload some of these powerpoints onto our website so people can go back and look through them if they want even though it's on the episode that if they want to look through it at their own time and obviously i put time into these things so maybe people want to uh, enjoy them a little bit more yeah it's a nice little picture though showing a very simple progression into a nice complex design Here's the breakdown of what the elements in each, um, uh, what each part of like the temple is called. And it, I don't want to get too deep into it because like the architecture standpoint of all of this is very in depth and you could spend a lot of time on that. Maybe we'll do an episode on it, but, um, I just want to give people the basic foundation, no pun intended of all of this stuff. Cause I'm not an expert on this myself. This is all just, I know some of it from going to school. I know some of it from personal research, but then I also learned a lot myself from doing this episode. So uh, at the bottom, you know, the steps that lead up to the temple, that's called the crepidoma. Um, 
So when you see those steps, that's what that's called. And then you have the column, which we just mentioned. And then you have the top of the column, which has the style, which was either Doric, Ionic, or um, uh, Corinthian, and that's called the capital. And then you have the frieze, um, which is like the uh, artistic element of it that, that goes just above the part where the... Um, uh, the architrave, or is it the architrave or architrave? I forget which. And then um, you've got the triglyph uh, in there is is for the the uh, artistic standpoint of it, or these three. Um, it looks like three little pillars, you know, formed. It's like a ver their vertical line looking things. Um, and then you have the metope. Um, again, these are just the basic elements of the the architecture of uh, ancient Greece and move it along. Okay, so the Acropolis of Athens. So the Acropolis of Athens is the most famous Acropolis. This is what most people think of or have seen pictures of when they think of Greece, when they see Greece in pictures or on the internet or whatever the case may be. This is what people think of um, is this uh, mountaintop uh, plateau with all these amazing structures built on it so mm -hmm. um, there is evidence that people have been living on the acropolis of athens since the fourth millennium bc um, again a common theme so some of the sites though even have other structures built there previously so the acropolis's most popular sites are the pan or the parthenon the uh, uh erechtheon the temple of a athena nike and the uh, Propylaea. In the 5th century BC, Pericles, who we've mentioned before, um, talking about some of the, uh, on the philosophy, I think it was either, it was, it might have been the Sophist episode too, because he was friends with some of the Sophists, but uh, Pericles was like an Athenian statesman, and um, he had a lot of connections, and he was in control of a lot of stuff he was the one that was behind the building programs and the construction of all the, the famous sites that I just mentioned, which is what most people identify with ancient Greek architecture and Athens and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, it also, the uh, Acropolis there also has the uh, Odeon, Herodes, uh, Atticus, and the Theater of Dionysus, and also the Eleusinian. Um, so yeah, this is what most people think of and, uh, you can see why look at that beautiful oh, yeah. site and look at how many building structures are modern day structures are around. This is massively surrounded by modern day, uh, building and civilization. You know how many acres that plateau is? I don't, you could probably <laughs> look it up. I have no idea though. Hey, let me see if I can find that. So here we get to the, the big boy that most people think about is the Parthenon. Uh, it was built between 447 and 438 BC. It was built on the site of an older temple dedicated to Athena. Um, and it was considered to be the, pin the pinnacle of uh, the Doric order. So again, the Doric order being the, most, the earliest and most basic order of uh, classical Greek architecture. Yeah, it's seven and a half acres. Oh, nice. 
So it's not insane. It's not. Big, yeah, that's it's not. Pretty, it's a decent slunk yeah. slug. And then you have the Parthenon here. Another picture. This is a different view. Look at the. You know, that's some beautiful craftsmanship. Even the ruins are beautiful. That's how you know it's amazing. Yeah, it's a good picture too. We got to get you out there. Get get us some pics. I know. I would love to go to Greece. Stop tapping into that uh, stock footage realm. I've always, Make I've, your own. I've always wanted to go to Greece, and I want to go see where my family's from in Italy. At some point, I would like to maybe make that a whole trip, see both of them. Yeah, I've never been out of the country besides Canada, so I'm I'm game. I got to get my passport lined up. <laughs> um. Okay. Here is the. You can see that they're the triglyph. And uh, you can see the the this is again the Parthenon. This is what the pillars look like at the top, very basic and of the Doric order. And uh, yeah, here is what the old Parthenon. So you see the black uh, outline in there with the black um, pillar markings. Yeah. So that's where the, the what the old Parthenon. Um, or where that stood compared to what the new one was or is. What was this place used for? The was old like the, the council. Again, it was a temple that was used for different things, worship, and um, it's I you know it's I try and look at like what it could be used for and what it maybe looked like when it was um, being decorated and, and constructed. Obviously, they probably had like some sort of wood structures along with it, or I don't think it was just pillars with like those those tops i think that there was more to it i don't know what that would look like it was hard to find you know ren renderings of this stuff too of what it, you know i'll sh we'll get to some of them i do have some pictures of what temples could have looked like or did look like like reconstructions but again it's hard to it's so long ago to so actually it doesn't have anything to do with government because i know in dc i think it's the lincoln memorial looks like that no no i mean these are all everything that was built in ancient Greece, yeah, I mean, it could be used for those things, like a meeting hall or something like that, but a lot of these are, are worship temples dedicated to certain gods. Um, okay. Or deities or that kind of a thing. Uh, so, yeah, so this is a, um, a floor plan of the old uh, Parthenon, as you can see with the darkened portion there. And... You can see there in this picture, there's a guy sitting on one of the ma uh, megalithic foundation blocks, and he's tiny compared to that. As you can see, you see right below where he is, you can see those kind of, they look different. That mm -hmm. might be the, where the old foundation wa or was, or maybe they repurposed some of those blocks there for that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um it's just massive though i mean that guy could be tiny too i don't know but even if yeah how do you move those pillars yeah oh yeah i mean it's the same thing one, it's the same thing how do you move there? an obelisk in ancient egypt you right, know you right. probably tie a rope to it and then have a ton of people start pulling yeah or you have giants that actually makes go. more sense here's a diagram of the separation you can see of the layers of the old parthenon and then the newer uh structure Yeah, that picture's pretty old too, the yeah. the one from before, so Yeah. Who knows what it looks like now? It's probably crumbled. Right. A lot more. Okay. So this is called Persian this is a, a Persian statue found at um 
the site of the Parthenon. Now, the old Parthenon was destroyed in 480 BC by Xerxes, and a lot of we'll get to this, but a lot of the Greek structures were destroyed by the Persian invasion and in, in, in Xerxes. And this is what's called Persian rubble. So they left behind some of their figurines. Or yeah, look at uh, that art. That's <laughs> that's a that's a cool picture. Um, moving on. Okay, so we're gonna stay on the Acropolis and get to a lot of the stuff on the Acropolis, and we'll start working our way outwards towards some of the other stuff. Now we get to the old temple of Athena. Um, this was built between 525 and 500 BC. It was located on the Acropolis in Athens. Um, this one was also destroyed by Xerxes the first in 480 BC. Uh, below the picture of the of the ruins that you see, or below the picture of what you see, those ruins. That is the ruins of the um, the temple of Athena, and it's right in front of the. Uh, Erechtheon. Here is a picture of, uh, in the similar style of that other picture that we saw of the old Parthenon. Here's a picture of the old Temple of Athena's foundation. Um, and you can see there um, below some interesting stuff. And yeah. like the base of some columns. These are some old pictures. Yeah. Here's a reconstruction of what that area would have looked like with the um, the Erechtheon and the Propylaea and all those structures that are combined in that. I think there's the Temple of uh, Artemis, too, or Temple of Athena at Nike. I mean, and you see there, um, that's what it would have looked like, probably. Uh, That's so you, pretty can, sweet. you can get kind of a sense. I mean, it's an artist's rendition, but you can kind of get the sense of maybe what what it looked like or could have looked like. Yeah. Well, it's not hard to picture what the stone looks like, but this before it got a uh, right turned into rubble. Here's another rendering of like what the front of the, the old temple of Athena would have maybe looked like. As you can see, the very basic Doric order, and then the basic triglyph, and then. Uh, a little bit of artwork up top. Mm -hmm. Here's another picture of kind of a more black and white basic drawing of that picture I just showed you of the reconstruction of all the stuff put together. You've got the early temple of Athena to the right and then the Erechtheon um, in the middle. And uh, yeah, I mean, some interesting stuff for sure. God, it'd be sick to be back there at that time, yeah. just for a day. Here's a diagram of uh, like a, a bird's eye view of the top of the Acropolis at Athens, and you can see where the old Athenian temple was. That little rectangle, that little rectangle there uh, in the middle, and um, it actually takes up a decent portion, right? I mean, that's a pretty big structure. Uh, for yeah, that's crazy. That's only 7.5 acres. Right. I mean, that's a lot of space, though, for the top of a, um elevated platform. Yeah. Okay, so, and here's, like, what the rubble kind of looks like now, or, like, the foundations, if you were to draw it out. That's what's kind of left over um, of the Temple of Athena, as you can see there. 
Okay, so to the left, you have a rendering of the, the gateway or the propylaea. Um, and on the right, you have the temple of Athena, uh, Nike at the, the Acropolis. So um, this temple, it was built on an older site uh, that was the cult of Athena um, that had occupied, that was occupied during the 6th century BC. It was just, that one was also destroyed by Xerxes in 480 BC. The newer Xerxes, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> the newer temple was finished in 420 BC and um, it was demolished by the Turks in 1686, but was rebuilt in 1834. Uh, okay. Is Xerxes the one, because um, I don't know that much about like uh, the Greek wars. I know a little bit about like the Peloponnesian wars and stuff like that, but was the was Xerxes? Is he the one from three hundred? I know it's a Persian king. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't because there's there's Xerxes the second. I know there's some other ones. I just I didn't know if it was the same one. Oh well, yeah, I I I, I know there's a Xerxes in three hundred. Yeah. Because after I saw the movie, I was screaming Xerxes. <laughs> As you do, but when, yeah, you, when you learn a new mystical word, <clears throat> Melchizedek. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Moving on up. Okay, now we get to... Well, let me just... I wanted to make sure something here. Okay, yeah, I did. I, pr I pointed out to the left is the, the gateway entrance. Okay. All right, so now we get to the Temple of Olympian uh, Zeus at Athens. Um, so... The construction began in the 6th century BC by uh, Athenian ty uh, tyrants, uh, but it was not completed until the 2nd century AD by Roman, entry, uh, by Roman Emperor Hadrian, uh, which was roughly like 640 years later. Um, it was built on an ancient outdoor sanctuary site that was dedicated to Zeus, um, and it was destroyed in uh, two or 267 AD by barbarians. Here's a black and white uh, photo of the site. And then here, or that was a, render, a rendering. I'm Look at the city. This, this is, is insane. A, this is a photo, I believe. Here you can see that at the, the top there, the capital is Corinthian style. Um, mm -hmm. so again, that'll be a common theme. We'll, I'll be pointing out which order most of the temples are, if not all of them that we go through. And now we get to the temple of Athena, uh, Polyus at, uh, Preen. Uh, now there, not all of the Greek temples were found in Greece or Athens or whatever. Like we've talked about on, on the other episodes, Greece was spread out in terms of like what their empire was. So they had the Ionian coast at one point, which when we talked about the pre-Socratics, a lot of the pre-Socratics came from the, the uh, Ionian region of uh, Anat which is now modern day, like Anatolia, Turkey. Um, so some of the Greek sites, I'm not going to go through all of them. There's one in Cyrene, Libya that I didn't put in here, but again, there's, other sites in other countries and other parts of the, the region that have um, 
some of the Greek temples. And this one, again, is the Temple of Athena at Preen. Uh, it was built between 350 and 330 BC by Pythias. Um, it was the of the uh, Ionic order. Um, it was located on the Ionian coast, again, which is modern-day Turkey. And Pythias had a major influence on later generations. Um, so he was a... Uh, um, a great architect, if you will, obviously inspiring other people beyond his years. Oh, I see. The pillars are different little segments. Here, I'll go back. Yes, that was like cut down. See, right? Not all of them, but some of them are like that for sure. And obviously, you could see how that would make it easier as well. Oh yeah. These ancient people definitely weren't lazy. <laughs> we'll give them that. Okay, um, and another one would be the uh, the Temple of Apollo at Didyma. Uh, the temple uh, was built on the site of a, two previous sacred temples to Apollo, um, and this is again on the Ionian um, or in the Ionian on the Ionian coast or region. Um, in thir- uh, three thirty four BC, the Milesians uh, started to build the greatest temple ever constructed but it was never finished so they had this um, big ambitious plan to build this temple and then for whatever reason they never got it done Um, and Didyma uh, means twin and is located on the again on the Ionian coast and uh, moving on and that's fitting for Apollo also because Apollo is one of again the twins that we mentioned uh, is a twin of uh, Artemis from Greek mythology. Uh, the Temple of Artemis at uh, Ephesus. Uh, again, Ephesus, not in Greece. I'm just going through the ones right now that are not in Greece, and then we'll get back to Greece. Uh, the temple was built around 800 BC. As you can see here, there's a floor plan uh, depicted, and uh, it was completely rebuilt twice after a flood in the 7th century BC and an act of arson in 356 by Herostratus. Herostratus uh, was kind of a turd in the sense that this guy just wanted fame at whatever cost, and the cost was obviously mm. the destruction of this Fire. temple. Yeah, um, It was rebuilt a third time and survived 600 years until the Christians destroyed it, and some of the stones were uh, used for other buildings as well. So, I mean, you see that a lot in the ancient world too, reuse of megalithic stones or structures, that kind of stuff. Okay, moving on. So we're going to get to Delphi here. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but here's the city plans of Delphi. Uh, Delphi, as you can see at the top left, you have the theater. um, And in the middle, you have the biggest structure, which would be the Temple of Apollo. Um, So, yeah, that's the city plans of Delphi. Mm Mm-hmm. And here is the theater at Delphi, which I pointed out at the top left. Um, It was built in the 4th century BC. It was remodeled a few times, and uh, it was remodeled specifically in 160 BC. Um, Supposedly, it also had a lot of work done and things implemented for uh, Nero uh, of Rome's uh, visit to Greece. So that's beautiful, though. I mean, think of seeing some sort of Greek play or... Uh, Aristophanes play or something along those lines with that beautiful mountainside in the background. Yeah, that's pretty sick. 
or watching some guy get eaten by a lion. That's even sicker. <laughs> Literally. Uh, here's the Temple uh, of Poseidon at Cape Sunion. I think that's how you pronounce it. Again, if I pronounce something wrong, I apologize to everybody out there. I'm doing my best. I think I do a lot better than others in this regard, but can't get them all right. So, mm-hmm. Maurice, if he hit, we should do an episode where you just try and pronounce some of these things, and we'll see where we get. To. Post uh, that rate to Reddit. See what <laughs> uh, okay, so the Temple of Poseidon was built roughly 440 BC. Uh, this picture here is an artist's rendering of the temple. I couldn't really find. I mean, there are decent pictures, but it was all like side views and close-ups. I wanted to get a, a little bit of a perspective of the area. And um, it was uh, one of the main monuments built during the Golden Age of Athens. Uh, there were originally 34 columns, but only 15 columns still stand to this day. The columns are of the Doric order, as you can see, the very basic uh, capital and um, they were 20 feet high but uh, carved out of white marble and the original temple that was there was most likely destroyed by Xerxes the first during the invasion of Greece in 480 BC so again a common theme this turd Xerxes just mowing stuff plus down. that stone was valuable so he wanted to scrape I don't even think it's th- I don't think it's that I think it's literally just out of hatred or you know the cost of war um and if you watch you know i don't know again i don't know if it's the same somebody comment and let us know if it's the same xerxes from 300 but if it's the same one i mean that guy's a turd for sure i can see that guy destroying things for no reason so all right this is the temple of Aphaea. It was built roughly 500 BC on top of an older temple that was built in 570 BC, and it was destroyed by fire in 510 BC. A lot of these temples are actually destroyed either by Xerxes or, fu- or fire arson, which is interesting. Um, and uh, and that's why you still see a lot of this, the actual pillars or stone standing because you're not going to melt or burn burn stone you could melt stone but i don't know about it the temperature of just a a fire in the the structure um and it may have been an older uh temple there that would date back to even the 7th century bc Uh, numerous female figurines have been found at the site suggesting cult activity and some sort of connection to the minoans again We'll, I want to, we'll do an episode on the Minoans. That's what we'll do because there's a lot of information and there's a lot of influence between the Minoans and um, there's some mystery behind some of the Minoan activity as well. So we'll get to that at mm-hmm. some point. And the Minoans are pretty much why we have language or the language that we use today. So, um, The Temple of Apollo at Epicurus at... Uh, uh, Basai. So it was built in the late 5th century BC. It may have been designed by uh, Ictinus, Ictinus, I think that's how you pronounce it, Ictinus, uh, who was the architect of the Parthenon. Uh, it was built on the site of a smaller temple which was aligned to the north, which is unusual because most Greek temples were set uh, on an east and west axis. So that's interesting. The alignment of it, they went north-south as opposed to east-west. So I wonder 
why they did that. I guess it would only be speculation, but uh, the temple was the first to use the the Corinthian capital, um, and the temple was dedicated to Apollo the Helper. Um, so that's what Epicurus, uh, I believe, means as helper. Uh, the exterior columns were of the Doric order, and the interior columns were Ionic. And then I think there was one pillar in the middle, if I'm recalling correctly, that was Corinthian, but it was like a special one. Um, okay, so here's a close-up uh, of the actual uh, pillars. They're very, very degraded, and that's why you see the structure on top of it, that tent. Uh, it's to protect it from the elements, because as you can see, these things look like they're going to crumble. They're very cracked. At any minute now. Um, the Temple of Apollo at Pisai is covered due to the deteriorating condition of the pillars and structure, like I mentioned. This temple is unique in that it has all, again, that I mentioned before, all three classical orders of Greek architecture. Um, and due to the fact that this is uh, in a rural area, uh, may have protected it from like conversion or destruction by the Christians or whoever was going to destroy it, pretty much. So I want to go back to something here. Yeah, so this would have been, oh, maybe. I was going to say Xerxes might have done his, but I don't think the timelines matched up. Or maybe they did, I don't know. We'll just say he ruined them all. <laughs> we'll be 90% right. He blew so. them all out. This is one of my <laughs> favorite sites. Hey, this thing's beautiful. Um, and it's called the Temple of Apollo at Naxos. And uh, the, the temple was never finished. It, it was... Um, it started being built around 530 BC. Uh, Ligdemus was the first tyrant of Naxos who had overly ambitious construction plans like a lot of these tyrants and um, builders and architects do. Uh, the Portara, uh, which is the lentil of the temple, or the lintel of the temple, um, is all that stands as you see pictured there. The lintel is a decorative um, horizontal ornamental structure found over the doors, portals, or fireplaces. So you see there, I have an arrow um, of the lintel, which would be that cross beam of the top, and it's very ornamental, and um, that's what that's called, if anybody was wondering. Mm. Uh, in 524 BC, Ligdemus was overthrown by the Spartan army, and um, the word portara just means big door, and that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like a big doorway. That's well, all. you accomplished it. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, for all of our other listeners that are into, um, you know, extraterrestrial stuff and all that, this was one of the sites by uh, that was mentioned by I think um, Jim Penniston uh, mm. from you know the the Rendlesham Forest incident. Yeah. he's in the military and everything, and. He had all these ones and zeros and all these coordinates laid out, and this was one of the things which is interesting because you put together the word portal and that, and you get weird stuff. But we're not going to get into yeah, it. This we're, we're on an academic kick here, so we're not going to get into all that woo-woo stuff right now. We have other episodes, so moving on. Okay, so this is the Temple of Zeus at Nemea. Uh, it is located in uh, the Peloponnese region of Greece, which is like the southern portion of uh, Greece. It was built in the three. It was built in 330 BC on the site of an earlier temple from the sixth century BC that burned down. Some of the blocks were used to build the foundation of the replacement temple, um, 
and some are just left to as you can see rolling around there uh three of the columns from the temple have never fallen since it's been built which is kind of fascinating yeah. uh one of the last great doric temples so this would be towards the end of the doric order or when people were using it predominantly all right now we get to the temple of zeus at olympia this is a and this is different there's the temple of zeus the olympian which is found in athens uh right off of the acropolis but then now this is a different temple this is the temple of zeus at olympia and olympia is in greece um and this is a reconstruction or a rendering of what mm -hmm. it might have looked like uh, the Temple of Zeus uh, was built on an altus, which is an enclosure uh, that has a sacred grove and an open air all an open air altars that date all the way back to the 9th or 10th century BC. Um, it was built between 457 and 470 BC. The architect was Liban from Elis, uh, who used the Doric style. Uh, there is debate whether it was destroyed by a major earthquake in 522 in 551 AD or whether it was intentionally destroyed but there's even speculation there's <laughs> there's even speculation um well, well yeah i mean it it actually could have been built or no no i don't think that was after his time actually uh or after that when all that happened uh it was destroyed possibly even flooded um by the uh Claudios or Cladios uh river and then some of you even specula speculated that maybe a tsunami could have knocked this stuff over. Um, it housed uh, one of the seven um, wonders of the ancient world, which was the statue of Zeus. I'm going to pull that up here. There is a rendering of the statue of Zeus. It was 41 feet tall. Uh, it was built and sculpted by Phidias in 435 B.C., and again, it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. So you have the seven wonders of the world, which, um, you know. The natural world. And then you have the seven wonders of the ancient world, which um, a lot of them don't exist anymore. I think. Damn, that thing's sick. I think it was the Temple of Athena or the Temple of uh, Artemis. One of those was one of them. And then you have like the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. And there's like a lot of ones that most people don't even talk about, which are actually. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. I, I think we, I think we, we will. should do one on the natural, the yeah. ancient, yeah. and the. Uh, maybe current. We'll, we'll do an episode on both of them. All right. Moving on. So now you get to the Temple of Hera at Olympia, staying in Olympia. Here's the floor plan. Uh, it was built 590 BC and was destroyed by an earthquake in the 4th century AD. So we have three main destructors now. We have Xerxes I, we have fire arson, and we also have earthquakes. I mean, those are as brutal as it gets and in that region, I think it's unavoidable. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the fire. I don't know why some of these fires, I, maybe it's because fire wasn't as contained as it is, right. you know, like people. Well, you're, yeah, you're lighting everything by candle. Well, I mean, think about now you have like a fireplace. I'm sure they had their versions of fireplaces and stuff, but yeah, you light a candle, you light something, or maybe there was just that much of intentional negative bad stuff going on where people just lighting stuff on fire i don't i don't know these crazy greeks getting into it 
the temple of apollo at attica um the temple of apollo at attica was built in the sixth century bc there's not a lot of information on there as you can see it was flooded children from a nearby orphanage actually discovered this site uh which had to be drained and landscaped um now if you saw a picture of it i did i saw a picture i didn't include it but there's a picture where it's on this like green uh it's all green and, and it's not as uh flooded or or uh crappy looking as it does there here we get to the temple of hephaestus um the construction started in 449 bc and it was not completed until 415 bc according to historians uh historians it took so long because the funds and the workers were redirected to the parthenon which makes sense i mean when pericles was putting that building program together he probably needed all hands on deck all money and and uh, laborers resources. and all that yeah and as many resources as possible to get his vision done um it was built with marble from a local from the local mount uh, penteli um and is of the doric order um from the 7th century ad to the 1800s this structure was used as a greek orthodox church Okay, now we get to the uh, ending or last little bit here. This is a little bit of a preview for the next part to come, which would be the Eleusinian Mysteries. Here's a picture of a site at Eleusis. Um, Eleusis is a small town in Attica, uh, which was made famous for obviously hosting the Eleusinian Mysteries. The Eleusinian Mysteries were held there once a year, uh, where people would be initiated into the mystery cults of Demeter and Kor. Mm. Um, and uh, so Eleusis is located on a fertile plain. Uh, there's evidence to suggest that Kikion, which was drank during the Eleusinian Mysteries, and Kikion, I think, just, just means to stir, I believe, um, so it's some kind of psychedelic. Yeah. Uh, so the Eleusinian Mysteries was possibly some sort of psychoactive concoction containing uh, an ergot fungus known as Claviceps perpea, uh, which is a precursor to LSD. And some people have even linked that to like the Salem witch trials and other times in history where people were seeing things that weren't lining up with what reality, reality. is. Reality. So yeah. eating moldy bread or something. Moldy bread or like, yeah, it has to do with... Uh, frost and like how uh, yeah i think it gets in the corn yeah um others have suggested that it could have been psilocybin or dmt so maybe i mean mushrooms grow everywhere in the world um right. could have been possibly mixed with some sort of psilocybin or the dmt thing makes sense as a concoction because uh syrian rue which is an mao inhibitor is found in that region and then you also have um uh uh, Phalaris grass in the region, which uh, contains high amounts of DMT. So there's that. Mm. There's so, always that uh, psychedelic thing and, lingering over these ancient. And areas. that's what we're going to be doing with the Eleusinian Mysteries. When we're going to take a look at, we'll take a look at the mainstream because I know that there's a lot of people that hate the psychedelic narrative surrounding the Eleusinian Mysteries. But I think it's it's really hard to not take that seriously when there's a lot of evidence to suggest that specifically because the whole point of the Eleusinian mysteries was to initiate people 
into the mysteries of life and and i think what they're getting at is to show that there's possibly more to life than just what we have here like maybe consciousness survives death or Mm -hmm. some semblance of that and um that's what these people were getting at in my opinion from stuff that i've read i've read a couple books on it and uh uh gordon r wasson has a good book i think it's called the road to eleusis um where he describes everything I just mentioned, and that's pretty much his theory. Um, but we're going to get to that, so that's going to be the next part. So that'll be, uh, was it? What are we on now? Part five? That'll be part five. Yeah, that'll be part five. We're on part four right now. So we're up a nice little catalog here. So we'll do part five on the Eleusini Mysteries. We'll do part six on Greek mythology and. Uh, Maybe we'll do, I don't know, I'll keep looking at it, keep evolving as we go. Maybe I'll come up with something. So, uh, But that's it. That's where we stand here. I thought this was going to be a lot longer because it took so long to put this uh, slideshow together. I don't know why it took so long. Uh, I think it will. So visit our Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> For $2 a month, you can uh, <laughs> no, but, propel but, us to make more of this stuff. So, But this was 64 slides. I mean, and I... Damn. I... Uh, obviously added my own captions and stuff. So um, Mm -hmm. research and things that I found interesting as well as adding my own um, little tangents on the subject. But, uh, but yeah, like Maurice said, if you'd like the show and you like what we're doing, uh, contribute, you know, $2 a month uh, to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. for $2 a month, you'll get exclusive content, interviews, and videos. Uh, you can donate more than that, which other people have. Shout out to those people. You know who you are. You're awesome. We love you. Um, and uh, it helps. Uh, obviously, what we do is not free. It's not free to run a live podcast with all the you know, software stuff and then all the hardware stuff and constantly making things better. Um and our goal is to just put out the best content we can with the, uh, I guess, the best um, uh, presentation we can. And the only way to do that is to keep one up in what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, that every dollar helps. And um, our time isn't free, but I enjoy doing this. And we love you guys from the bottom of our Cheers. Hearts. Also, check us out at uh, MikeAndMaurice'MindEscape.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. I'm probably most active on Twitter, and our, my Twitter handle is at MikeEscape. Um, if you're listening on one of the audio platforms, again, I know this was kind of rough because there was a slideshow attached to it, and we were describing a lot of the visuals, but just please subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the uh, bell button and uh, like the video. And, uh Yeah. That's pretty much it. Anything else you want to add or any questions? No, sir. All right. Well, I think we got to some good stuff. We started out with the uh, earliest sites and worked our way up to the later stuff. And we also um, got into a little bit of the mystery. You know, the earlier stuff has some mystery surrounding it um, with the Mycenaean um the Mycenaean structures, and then also the pyramid, I think, is an interesting one. The one that baffles me is the dragon house. Um, why is there no information on the dragon house? I would be thinking people would yeah. be 
chomping at the bit. Uh, uh, but who knows? We'll have to go and unlock the mysteries ourselves. Exactly. So thanks for watching. We appreciate all of you, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Bye-bye.